Hey, everybody. We're back at it with another bonus episode for our supporters of There Will Be Dungeons. Thank you all for being those people. And we're happy to bring, in, uh, to bring you this Q&A session early before anyone else gets it. Without any further ado, over to Kristen, who has a whole big list of stuff you've been asking. Let's do it. What do you got? First one, you're in charge of creating a brand new drink called Badass Tea. What ingredients do you use to create it? <laughs> Flip-flop is what first comes to my mind. Plastic, that plastic smell. There's got to be a plant that tastes like that. Must be, right? Um, what would it be, though? <sighs> you rubber plant? <laughs> Queen. Rubber plants? Is yeah. that a thing? Aren't there rubber like, plants you make rubber out of? Isn't that a mm-hmm. thing? Yeah. I think skunk tires. How about tire shavings? Yeah, tire shavings. Yeah, tire shavings. tires in there. Yeah. Um, that's one. Uh, tire shavings. I think you need a sprinkle of um, uh, some sort of uh, like mushroom particulate, maybe. Yeah. You got to uh, get the mushroom. positive, right? Because it's always like hints of chocolate but what they mean is like dryness you know like you know, body spray yeah you, you, you gotta really like <laughs> man yeah you, you, you coat the the mixture with axe body spray i like this do we have a bunch of axe from the left from the ancient there's coast? actually uh, uh, to my shame I, i'm aware of this for because for a time i was an axer uh, or an axe head what do they call it wasn't though these? like we all yeah the i mean the marketing worked on me uh, i was like Clearly, this will happen, and of course, it did not. But everybody had um, their moment where they were like, "My armpits stink, and I want to spray something on it." Yeah, may as well be axe. Why not? You know, you're like, maybe this does work, and it. it, I don't think it does. But um, uh, the there was a chocolate favor is what I wanted to say. I think there was a chocolatey ew spray at one point. Really, I tried it out. Yeah, axe axe body spray that was chocolate flavored or smelled. Maybe I miss. I might be making that up. I I feel like there was something in that realm. Let me look it up. I used the green one. (laughs) The green one. Were you club 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 crawling then, Bo? There was chocolate. There was a time in my life where I was in the bars every weekend. Yes. Although there was, it was like we went to cool bars. There was a bar in Ottawa. It's closed now, but it was called Zephod. Zephod's Zephod Box. Oh no way! Named after the Douglas Adams book. It was a great place for like indie indie music on dance nights. You know, they had old school hip hop night, and they'd have indie. You know, the kind of bands they play Franz Ferdinand and Killers and stuff like that. It was a cool place, yeah. and you could order Pan Galactic Gargle Blasters. Oh, that's so that cool. was like the big appeal. I'm going to Zephod's. I'm going to order. It was, it was actually quite delicious. It was like a blue Caracao or whatever with um, like orange juice and something else. It was delicious. It was like a lemon wrapped in uh, a rock wrapped with a lemon that was thrown at your brain. I believe that's the description of a pangalactic gargle blaster from Hitchhikers. Something along <laughs> did, those did lines. They, uh, did the did the Doug, Douglas Adams family ever come after you? And they were, did they? Is that why it shut down? They're just not. They... No, no. But the guy who owned it was this awesome looking dude. He's this Indian guy with dreadlocks and like glasses, like just like the and like you know leather jacket, like just the and like Doc Martens, like and he's like fifty. He's this old guy. He just looked like the. <laughs> Like I would want to be this person, you know. Like it's just amazing. Yeah. Um. So there is a cho- there was a chocolate. It was called Dark Temptation. So I don't think it was oh literally Lord. called chocolate, but it was. Well, I have an image for you that I think is a meme. But uh, I mean, I'll just share it, share it here. And if you Google it, you'll probably find it if you're listening. But amazing. Axe Pure Temptation, Lord. as pleasant as chocolate. Wow. Wait, I can't get mine up here. Here we go. That oh, geez. About right. Wow. That seems about right. So, yeah, this what this what this is, might might happen to you if you used it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh, God, that uh. seems wrong. Oh, that's that yeah. was in the ad. 
Yeah. I yeah, hate it. Ad. I hate it so bad. <laughs> I'm sorry that you had to learn this this sad fact about me. <laughs> oh, it's like oh. <laughs> it, like looking thinking back on it, I'm like, this seems like a horrible, dumb idea. I don't know why I fell for it. I'm ashamed of myself. I had a college <laughs> hallmate that would spray it in front of him in a mist and then jump into the cloud. Yeah, yeah. that's what you do with perfumes too. So you don't yeah, for some yeah, reason, it's not it, that it, it evenly, yeah, it's not that sticky and it evenly spreads. Because if you just shoot it in one place, then that one place is concentrated, and then some other place you smell like your stinky old self. So you put it up. Yeah. I can picture Garrett doing that cloud thing and jumping into it. I don't know why. Don't ever we tell probably him. Probably both did, you know. Yeah. Probably yeah. both did. It was I definitely time. did it with cologne at one point. Mm. Yeah. Old spice. Was it your dad's? No, I think I used Brute at one point. <laughs> brute? Yeah, yeah. Brute, brute Cologne. Smell brute like? is like a really stereotypical like guy cologne, too. Like, yeah. it's real. Yeah. Big time. It's, That's the one I I mean, burnt. it basically smells of middle school. Like, it's just not, nothing. nothing's good about yeah. it. I use Brute. I think I probably did the, <laughs> the walk through it sort of thing. It was like, oh, I'm so cool. I like, took, so I, we dates. had Brute. For us, it was Dracar Noir. That was the big one in high school. Yeah. But uh, we used Brute to burn, or I used Brute to burn my uh, Captain Kirk uh, action figure. <laughs> That's what it all turned into, ultimately, yeah. was you made, anytime you had, like, spray cologne or, uh, you know, body spray, yeah. always turned into makeshift flamethrowers. Yep. yep. Um, I burned all the hair off my arm as a kid because I wanted to do it safely. So I aimed the flamethrower at a running sink, thinking that would really yeah. do a lot for me. And yeah. the fire hit the sink, curled around it, and went right back up my arms. So, Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. yeah so it makes do. me so happy to think that uh, my kids might be doing stuff like this yeah. at some point. So the point is uh, uh, tea. It's a good tea. We've made it. Tire shavings. Got it. Yeah. Tire yeah. shavings, uh, chocolate, chocolate X, X. body spray, and yeah. uh, mushrooms. And um, I think I don't think Kyle's still satisfied with the mixture overall. So if we, we want to be technical, those would be called tannins. Tannins. It's, it gives yeah. you the dry mouth feel that oh, tea gives you. The tannins. Yeah. Oh, of, yeah. of like wine or whatever they talk about. Yeah. Like okay. Biff. Yeah, like Biff Tannin. <laughs> oh, that's a good deep cut for people who don't pay attention. Anyway, go ahead, Bo. Sorry. Or no, Kristen, question. <laughs> Next one. This goes back to the where, the where people fight. Why did the spear from the elven woman fail to do damage in the first round to the where tiger and then do damage several rounds later? It's a bow question. I like this because this is like a Star Trek convention question. Yep. This You'll like- note that in episode 37, Kirk clearly states that the life support system is on deck seven. However, in episode 52, they go to deck five for it. Please, yeah. please explain. This is red shirt guy yeah. stuff. So you probably, you probably. So um, the, the answer is, um, you know. Continuity. I, 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 I don't come up with uh, exacting character sheets for all the NPCs, Union being one of them. And in my mind, I might have had wires crossed about whether she had a magical spear or not and changed it midway through without realizing it based on accessing my RAM. Um, so RAM corruption probably is the answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Random access uh, but memory. Yeah, corruption. like I, I didn't really think that aspect through. And then the wear tiger. Yeah, it's just a connection I didn't make till we were doing the show that that would be important. And um, yeah, so human error, I think. Uh, for all the players, any choices for character build from level one to now that you would like to retcon or that you'd go back and change? Not only for mid max, but for flavor or theme or any other reason. 
Um, for Nash, n- no. I, I I have no regrets about where he came from, his starting stuff. Like, there's been times where I was like, oh, that spell sucks or whatever. But Bose had kind of an open door policy on when you level, you can move some things around, kind of cleric things a little. Um, and that's been helpful in a couple of cases where I was a little redundant or I didn't know how to do this with a sorcerer and I was screwing up picking the wrong thing or whatever. But it's rules is written. You can actually yeah. swap out a spell every level. Oh, is that true? I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, I thought yeah. that was your special thing that you let us no. do. <laughs> I might've, I might've, there might've been something I did that was off. I think we let you do really a big remember. rework at one point. Like you had never done it before. And yeah. I think at one point you just weren't happy and we were just like, Oh, just repick. I think that's, that is correct. And yeah, I, and I'm really happy with those changes, but overall just like the core stuff, the underpinnings of, of Nash, I've never regretted really. How about the rest of you? Yeah, at Stanley's so OP. Like, I did so ridiculously good rolling his stats. I actually took points out because I technically rolled better than what he has, and he's still stupidly good on stats. Like, I just... Uh, no. I, the only things I changed about Stanley, like, I changed on the show. Like, he was going to definitely be a very, like... He's going to be a much more chaotic character, more akin to be the... He'd probably be more of a Nash of the group is how I visualized them. Like I, I kind of pictured him getting into trouble and everybody else having to keep him in line. And he wound up the other way. It's not upstaged. really. <laughs> yeah. It turns out I'm really, I'm way worse at creating chaos than everybody else. So I was just like, well, I guess I'm Leonardo now. <laughs> just try and keep people well, in the line. Best, best kind of leader is a reluctant leader. <laughs> so, uh, but that's not really a regret. That's just, you know, I, I feel like, you know, team dynamics are always going to be reactionary to a degree. You see, like, in your head. Like, I know, Scott, you said in your head Nash was this dark, broody, like, very serious character. And, I mean, now everybody clowns on him, yeah. even you. No, so you're totally it, right. It all shifts depending on the atmosphere. And what's you know, Skeletor's a badass, and we clown on Skeletor. So Yeah. Yeah. The way it works for, the way it worked for Nash is he, he did start... I mean, we didn't know what our tone was going to overall be, I guess, because, you know, the group is whatever it is. And we've had certainly moments of seriousness, but it was more fun as time went on to make Nash a little more goofy. Like his little intro thing. Remember, we made intro audio for our characters. Yeah. It's very self-serious. It is nothing like what Nash would do now. <laughs> so I don't regret it, but it but it did evolve. But it evolved in ways I'm fine with. Yeah, so yeah. That makes it better in a way. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, I think for Stanley, uh, what about the mustache? That's been oh, you, that's you don't true. have a mustache. And then I should have definitely. Like, I should have yeah. clarified, like hands down, just been clear about the mustache. Yeah. Um, <laughs> mustache has been the most controversial thing about Stanley over the. So over the years. I think the thing was for me in my head, like I loved the idea of the mustache when it when it kind of came up. I don't remember if that was somebody drew it and I was like, oh my gosh, that's a really cool idea. Or if it was there. But in the back of my head, I always knew that if this campaign went long enough and Stanley survived long enough, I would get this uh, unbreakable majesty feat that changes his appearance. And the idea I always had for that was this thing of when you look at him, you will see whatever you find desirable. And to me... Uh, not that you can't find mustaches desirable, but to like pull that off, I feel like you almost need a more neutral like look to your face because like if you have any features that read too strong masculine or feminine, 
then it's going in a different direction. So I was like, well, we got to get that mustache out of here. I really liked it when it popped up, but I was like in the back of my head, I was like, but it's got to go. And people kept doing art with the mustache on it. So I don't know. I probably should have just made it canon that it was either there or not. (laughs) To me, it'll always be there. There's no getting it out. So. Well, it's, it's a little different. When, I got, know, people got bad news for you, Scott. He doesn't. He doesn't have one. I keep hearing that. D and D a little different when you have an audience too picturing things, and yeah. that influences like your own self image. You know. Yeah, 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 unless you're, you know, the Critical Role guys, and they have a TV show to say, "Oh, that's what these guys look like." Um, you know, you're kind of stuck with whatever the imaginational. It might happen had. to them too. If somebody draws something cool that they didn't picture. Oh, I guarantee before. it. I, like while oh, it was, was happening, I'm sure that there was lots of art being made that was just not. Yeah. Might you have. Know, didn't stick but have to ask them i find that fascinating that, that's an interesting aspect to all of this hope for l do you have something that you'd change not really fighters are pretty straightforward there's really nothing crazy that happens as they level so hope's been great yeah i know i've I, i've talked about these how barbarian leveling's pretty boring and it still is but as everyone else got more bombastic and got really interesting spells just the through line of Rail getting continually better at what he does, which is a narrow window. But what he does is so good. I, I can't say I'd change anything. It'd be fun to be a paladin just for the choices at the leveling, though. Mm. Uh, and and that that interesting side universe where Varel was a paladin would be fun. We flirted with that a lot. Yeah. 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 Not, not too late. Multi-class is never too late to multi-class except at level 20. No, no, yeah. It's just too late. <laughs> well, I take it back. I would change something. Dian would immediately kill Stanley and he'd be the new character that I played through the rest of the game. <laughs> wow. Is that true? Is that really how you feel that way? I have more fun playing Dian yes, but it's tricky. Yeah. Uh, but I here's the thing. I'm so attached to Stanley. Like it's a joke to say, like, yeah, Dying Talus would kill him. I I like Stanley too much to do that, which is why I, I'm I'm happy with where I'm at. But yes, he's super fun to play. Makes me want to play an evil character next time. You never know. Well, good news. The evil team might need some. <laughs> I <laughs> need some new evil members. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's been a couple of openings since the last time. Yeah. Talk to HR. They know what's going on. All right. Next question. Was Varel ever, ever tempted to ask the weird people to make him one? I thought about it for a hot moment. I, I wouldn't ask because it's a intrusion on my own personal strength, even though there's the Grigil thing, which, you know, it's, 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 it's at least another lizard folk. But it would be interesting to be a half lizard, half bear man. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that door was open. I had a door open for that one. I feel like when Bo man. said, does anybody want, like, because didn't you just outright say, does anybody want to take them up on their offer or something like that? I feel like around the table, every single one of us as players were like, yes. But as characters, we were all like, because there was this weird little pause when he said it where everybody kind of went. <laughs> and yeah. then everyone said no. <laughs> everybody thought about it, though. That's funny. Uh, did Nash ever consider using his acid breath to melt their way out of the prison? Um, yes, but didn't we determine that I couldn't go dragon in there? 
Yeah, you couldn't go dragon. Yeah, so without dragon, magical I don't have the breath. Were, were the only magical item that was not affected was uh, the hand of the voice. Yeah, and because I couldn't conjure magic in any other way, there was no other way to get acid out there. I, I mean, I thought about it, but if I couldn't pop dragon, it was the only other acid source I had. So yeah, that didn't happen because of that. That place yeah, sucked. That was like a, a the, the horrible magic condom. I hated it in there. It was hard for me to do anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was good for the campaign, but it was... Nash was frustrated because he he maybe had to face the fact that he's kind of a worthless piece of shit if he doesn't have his magic. <laughs> Character you know. arc all magic users have to go through it. Yeah. Yep. It feels like. I punch for one damage. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, this one kind of ties to this last question. Has Hope considered using her magical teleport ring to summon the principal to the prison and leave him there? Oh, uh, the ring wouldn't work, sadly, but also she tried to summon the principal to her before, and he said he would kill her if she ever tried that again. So <laughs> the teleport ring didn't exactly work as intended with the principal. Yeah. Well, now he's here. Well, I guess people have heard that episode if they're hearing this. Um, and he's... You know, it turns out you didn't have to. And it also turns out nothing hurts him. So it's going to be great to see how this works out. Can't do shit against that guy yet. Um, Okay. So the first part, since magical items still work, it may be a possible easy solution. I feel like that was to the point Yeah, that might be tied to an early one. Uh, Does Stanley actually plan to lead the elves or is he hoping to find a way out of it? So when he (laughs) agreed to do it, he definitely meant it i think he still does mean it but actually encountering that creature and being shown his like heart's content it wasn't being shown leading anybody it was being shown just living a simple life and i think it has made him acutely aware that the things he thought he wanted might not be the things he wants but he has accepted the mantle and he's going forward with it regardless wise words from the Sadali prime yeah and another one for Stanley. Has Stanley now seen himself come back to li- Now that he's seen himself come back to life and multiple people with the power to bring someone back, has he ever thought about bringing back his mom? Um, maybe. It's tricky because Stanley doesn't know where his mom's body is. And he, he definitely thinks that that's an element, but he has no idea where his mom's body is. He also... This world, Stanley's not even sure if he is who he is because he has stood in a room and looked at his own dead corpse. Like, so there is this feeling of like, am I even from this world? And I think when he spoke to his father on the ship, I think there was even a part of him there that was like, this isn't really my dad. Like, mm. my mom and my dad died and they're they're gone and they're not coming back. And these are approximations. And I feel like if somebody came to him and was like, we can bring her back. I think he would be doubtful that it would be the person he thinks it would be. Yeah. Plus haven't we seen res- resurrection action magic and D and D has never led me to think that people are the same when they come back. It's always some shit, some string attached. Sometimes dead is better. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for Bo, what was the eyeball creature? Was it custom or official? Can you share its stat block? Doesn't have a name. Doesn't have a stat block. It was custom. I likely, one of the DM tricks when you're doing this kind of thing without coming up with a full stat block for something is you find an analog monster and then you adapt the exceptions that make it function. So 
I just can't remember what I used, but I definitely used something from D&D Beyond as an analog and had my custom rules for it. You know, if it takes damage, it's psychic screams. Um, yeah, it's notes on a page. Like, it, it, I appreciate that people b- b- have the fiction. You know, I want to. I don't want to dispel the magic of DMing by saying, "Yep, I construct a stat block fully documented before going." Uh, it, you know, it doesn't. Not for lack of desire to want to, but you know, I, I have a video game addiction, a full time job, but another show. So stuff like gets written down in a few paragraphs, and uh, the rest of it, just because I've played D anD D a lot of my life, I, I rely on my in the moment knowledge and shit like that to to. So sorry about that, but the good news is that you can do it too, as long as uh, you know your players don't notice. I believe it's a real creature of the stat block. I think it makes you less stringent and more um, not improv. I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, but there's improvisation to it. Like yeah. if you know the balancing part. Like again, I can't. I don't. I can't play test anything. <laughs> you know, like it's so. It's like sometimes you air too powerful. Sometimes you're like, man, they smoked this monster. Because uh, I didn't think of something. You know, the whole dungeon of Pentel Vice got shortcutted because of Hope's magic thing that I completely blinded uh, myself on. Like here, you get to use this item. Oops, it has teleport. I can't. I can't come up with a contrivance to keep you in the dungeon to finish the dungeon. Congratulations, you've defeated the DM. You know, like you know, that's that's how these things go. And and so, um, yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Cool. Uh, for Hope, why is she hesitating to use the arm? Is she reconsidering her alignment? Mm-hmm. Uh, she is hesitant, was hesitant, still is, because she knows she messed up. She realized when she did the whole team evil stuff that she was the cause of a lot of her problems, especially seeing her kingdom just get massacred. If she had stayed and fought, what would have happened, right? So she realized she was cowardly in that way. And but she didn't put the arm on to gain power. She honestly thought she was protecting people. Why give it to the demons when the angels weren't going to have it so she could have it so that she could stop the demons from getting it? So wouldn't that have been the better choice? Maybe not. Who knows? Um, But she knows using the arm requires kind of indebting herself to whatever that voice is. And she's done doing that she's slowly learning the courage it takes to stand up in the moment to say no to things that could kill her because she's died how many times now at least three maybe maybe not but she's died a lot now yeah she's becoming wise yeah yeah she what happened to her in her past was very traumatic so of course she wanted to run away so now we're in the arc where she's learning to stand her ground even if it means that's the end yeah. It's very cool. It's very yeah. impressive. I love that. I think we're telling a very impressive story, and it's not premeditated, which is kind of cool. No, no. And it's fun, too, because as a player, you kind of got to think where those beats will happen naturally, but sometimes you got to force it a little just to keep your character evolving, right? So they're not stuck in a rut, because it's easy to be stuck in a rut, but yeah. how much fun is that? Right. Uh, for Nash, can you breathe acid breath as a human, kind of like a dragonborn? Is that coming in a later level? No, although now I say that and I don't know if I've actually. <laughs> Absolutely not. I don't uh, think I it's a spell, it. is it? Hold on. 
And let me look. So real quick. you you will take as you level, you do take on more and more because you have a draconic ancestry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you will take on more and more of a dragon's characteristics in your human form, including being able to fly. I think at some point. Mm. Um, so I don't know <laughs> where you're. He already you're can. At, like. well, He's got underwear. Real flight though, right? Like not. That's why dumb. that yeah, leg like choice was wings. a real questionable one. Yeah, because yeah, let's, 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 it's good. This is good for Nash, uh, Scott because Scott may need the brush up anyways. At 14th level, so the level you just gained actually, dragon wings. You gain the ability to spread a pair of dragon wings from your back, gaining a flying speed <laughs> equal to your current speed. So you don't need to use your DNA underwear anymore. You yeah. can create these wings as a bonus action on your turn. So your DNA underwear is still useful because you have. This has limited use, I think. Yeah. They last until you dismiss them as a bonus action. You can't manifest your wings while wearing armor and clothes. Oh no, you can do it as much as you want. Yeah. So yeah, that's you cool. just have wings. I may just have yeah. wings out, wings out all the time. Uh, acid splash. I, I'm such an idiot. I already have that cantrip, but I couldn't use it because we couldn't use magic in there. So I was thinking of that stupid prison again, but not stupid. You know what I mean, Bo? <laughs> I don't mean what's stupid. <laughs> I'm super offended. Uh, yeah, that's not what I mean. But uh, but yeah, I have acid splash already. I've had it since. Jeez, it's been an at will cantrip since level three or something. Uh, hey, here's yeah, here's something I have to ask you though, because at level six you gained elemental affinity, mm-hmm. uh, which means when you cast a spell that deals a damage type associated with your draconic ancestry, so your black dragon, which is acid, I believe. Yes, you can add your charisma modifier to one damage roll of that spell at the same time. So first of all, you could ha- you could have had extra damage for all your acid based attacks, chromatic orb. Acid splash. I so what you're asking is, did I ever do that? And the answer yeah. is no. I do not. <laughs> and at the same time, you can spend one sorcery point to gain resistance to that damage type for an hour. Um, wow. Anyways, yeah. So you haven't really uh, something to keep in mind for the future. You get extra damage on acid spells. That would be good. Good for me to remember that in the future. Yeah. But yeah, as it stands yeah. right now, I've not. I don't think I've ever used that. Yeah. And you haven't been using your sorcery points that much. You do have ways to. I think you might have gained some new. Um, abilities there too with my oh you can, my you, you can cast twin spell quicken spell like whatever the ones you picked right yeah i have to check yeah. on that but yeah to answer his question though i i've been all i've always had some acid it's just a cantrip though and it's not super powerful but it's there as a human but there are no spells that are just like acid breath for a man that i can find yeah. unless i'm just missing it that's a, only an axe body spray. Yeah. <laughs> For Stanley, isn't your unbreakable majesty a feature like Nash's DNA? Should it have helped to counter the eyeball's attacks? Um, I think as written, um, I don't think it would have because uh, they weren't really attacking me. They were just kind of grabbing me. And the idea is that uh, it, it misdirect or redirects attacks. Um, but I, I mean, there's also a thing that happens where it's like, you know, Stanley has advantage typically on being mind controlled. And in that situation, but was like, yeah, you don't have advantage anymore. And you just get to a situation where you're like, Hey, I'm in a place where I think this is going to go bad. I think it's time to just go with the flow and see where it takes me and, uh, just sort of let things take their course. I've clearly stepped down the wrong alley at this point. Let's uh, let's not fight it. Let's just uh, let's just see where it goes from here. So, but uh, no, I don't think it would have. I don't think it would have done much uh, for the creature. But yes, it is a feature. So in theory, I, I think it would have worked there. Because I don't think Stanley became uglier when he went in the prison. Well, I had the beholder <laughs> and all that, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, true. If he can't cast spells, what is he even doing? Yeah, what are we even doing in there? 
And for Varel, what is your inspiration for the way he thinks? I loved the dive into his dream world, and it seemed to come so naturally in the moment. How do you do that? I've been DMing for a really long time, and particularly in high school, things were very tangential. And there was lots of like, what are Tostitos, traveler? We are but humble peasant folk. <laughs> As people tried to ruin your world, mess with your world. So I love the fish out of water vibe of things like, you know, Worf from Star Trek. Or, or Data got played with more. Worf didn't have like as much comedy scenes, but yeah. Worf is definitely more directly towards Varel. And then just that fun of being in the world when you're constantly knocked around out of it, like Nash bringing up Twilight books or Stanley talking about, you know, world politics or Hope having these heavy emotions. And it's a joyous bubble to live in being Varel. Yeah, he's awesome. And I'd forgotten how much I missed uh, Doctor What's His Bucket uh, Spider Man. You should you should be winning. They should be giving Oscars out for D and D Let's Plays, and Kyle should definitely have won one by now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I love Doctor Spider. Doctor Spider's amazing. He's one of my favorite characters ever, and I and I'd forgotten how much I liked him until he started talking again today. That was great. It's time for malpractice. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. Uh, one more for Scott. I know as far as the show is concerned, having your dice rolls on the screen is helpful, but I always feel like you kind of get screwed in those rolls. Would you consider using real dice instead? Well, we're all you. So here's the shocker. Uh, all of us except Bo are using those dice on screen. I'm a because, traditionalist. Yeah, because we're sharing them. Now, him not using them. A bowl them of dice. Look at all the dice. Dice for everyone. Yeah, I got a bowl of them. Uh, so I've got dice sitting right over here, but I use we use the screen one mainly because... It's, uh, you know, we can all see what each other's doing and we can like react to those numbers and, and all of that. Um, but I don't think they're inherently unfair. So he's kind of asking me, do I believe in luck or not? <laughs> um, okay. I mean, no, whatever. I think I'd roll just as poorly if I had regular dice in front of me. There's a reason I don't gamble. So there it is. <laughs> I think that's it. Cause I don't think I get screwed. I just think I have some what this person would probably call bad luck. I was a really stringent, I only want to use physical dice person when we started all of this. And I think I've come around on the digital dice because there is like a social feeling that comes from being able to see people's roles. Mm -hmm. Like, and obviously you would get it if you were at the table together and you could all look at it. But in the digital setting, like there's something about knowing before the person even says it, like we're celebrating or we're upset or, you know, all yeah, that. I just yeah. think there's a fun social aspect to it beyond just somebody going, it's a 13 and everyone going, oh, well, should, should we update the way we do dice? Because I've often thought about getting a second webcam and showing some of my dice rolls on there. I mean, that'd be fine. We can't all do that. You know, I mean, I don't, I think it's always okay for the DM to do their own thing. I just think it's, you know, I think it's fun to, you know, when we're really rooting for someone to roll something like Scott's death saves and we're all sitting there and we know we're about to see it pop up on the screen all at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Like, it creates well, a cool. good energy more than just him telling us, yeah, it's a failure. I'm dead. You yeah. know, like, especially when I'm going to, we know like it's, there was, when I died, there was a certain kind of, joint um anticipation because they knew they were going to see it when i was going to see it 
I don't know. That that brings us closer. I think that brings it closer to what it is like to use real dice on a table with your friends in a room. Mm-hmm. We're just sharing a dice, you know, we're sharing a pair of dice that travels across the internet. And I think that makes it more authentic in a weird way. So I prefer it for that just, sort of stuff. I but I also I also kind of like listening to Bo roll a ton of dice for his weird combos and stuff. I think it's really <laughs> yeah, fun. I mean, I just, there isn't an object more magical throughout my lifetime than the polyhedral 20-sided die, right? It's just, it's just, it's too hard to give up the feeling of having that in your hand to roll. Yeah. It's just too magical. I just like for hearing me. polyhedral. I love it too much. That was fun to hear. Yeah. All right. Oh. Cool. Do we have time for yeah, one let's more? Let's do one more. Let's keep, do one more. Let's All go. right. Scott, will knowing Nash is basically indestructible change the way you approach fights? Um. See, I didn't even think about that till today when Bo brought up weird. You keep coming back weird. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. So I hadn't even really thought about it. Um, when I died and came back as a heart this last time, I just thought, well, we don't, I, I didn't know what, I didn't know what Bo's plans are, but I knew that, you know, other forces were at work here to keep Nash alive. Um, knowing that, would I be more reckless? <laughs> I was already pretty reckless. I don't know, Scott. Uh, you're you're definitely a like today as a dragon. Yeah. Knowing how many hit points you had, knowing you could only take a maximum of a hundred damage, and that even if you took enough damage to knock you out of dragon form, you just then turn back into Nash, yeah. and you were still like, I don't know, guys. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. This is a hundred damage if it rolls really bad. Yeah. I'm just role playing pain, and I. I yeah. Scott, I, I think you're the kind of person that has a lot of uh, sympathy pain. Yeah, I and do. Your character is going through pain, so this idea of the pain, like you know, it. Yeah. Scott's got strong empathy. He got sad when Blood Skunk died. Yeah, yeah. Blood like Skunk that. sucks. Yeah, he sucks. <laughs> 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 he does suck. So you're not wrong. Um, I don't know. I've really never thought about it, but now that I'm. Because I'm still in, I'm destructible. Like in this case tonight, I couldn't do anything because I had no hands yet. So I had to go dragon whether I liked it or not. <laughs> oh, yeah. So you know what I mean? Like I, if I'm an impotent floating heart with an eyeball in it, I'm really no help to anybody. So I don't know that it actually helps us for me to regenerate all the time. But now that, I don't know, now that John Now can that you have this, dragon wings, though, as a heart, I would have ruled that you could still sprout dragon wings and fly around as a heart with dragon wings. Oh, really? Shit. Yeah, I, we didn't realize, attention. but I mean, that's a feature of your class. I, I, like, you're a heart, but I, apart from walking or needing to have your hands for things, your class features were pro- are usable. You can cast spells and stuff like right, that as right. long as you can meet the requirements. Yeah. Well, so your heart is a focus, so material, no problem, unless it's gold piece material. Yeah. Verbal, uh, yeah, I guess you'd need your mouth, but I gave that to you first. So. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you just, the only problem is you need hands for somatic gesture yeah that's the problem you were like gotta get them legs (laughs) (laughs) i didn't know we were fighting anything i thought oh we're on a boat everything's okay we're just gonna relax it was a surprise attack you had no idea yeah i just wanted to look goofy i wanted i wanted to walk around looking weird for a minute and just kind of bug everybody and i didn't know we were gonna fight i'd love that it went that way though i think that's really funny Anyway, yeah, so to answer your question, I guess I guess that knowledge does make me think a little bit about possibilities, but I'm not like I'm not counting it as a guarantee that Nash is just eternal in this way. You know. 
I don't think you that's healthy. You are still immortal of some kind. Yeah, and it's not healthy for anybody to think that about themselves. And well, Dan, think of it as Nash. Think of it this way: it's it's important to think about. Like, this is a magic item. You're sprouting from it. Magic items can be dispelled. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Magic items can be neutralized in various ways. So, if you died and the magic item got dispelled, then that's probably permadeath for you. Yeah. Good point. Right. That's the only thing that's kept me around. So, be careful. Yep. Watch out where you step, everybody. Those are your One questions. One thing I haven't answered oh, yeah. is also, this is a good question because I think people will be interested. What if someone dispelled your heart while you were alive? Oh, my gosh. Just, what would happen? Would drop dead instantly? Would I drop dead? Oh. Don't, don't give him ideas. Stanley will... <laughs> well, Stan, I gave myself the idea. Sorry. Stanley will trip over a Diantalus rock and suddenly <laughs> turn around and go, and kill me. I don't know. Uh, well, all right. Those are your questions. They have been answered, and we want more of them. So keep them coming, flowing in. And it's really easy to do if you're like, I don't even want to go get an email and do it. You don't have to. You can do it that way if you want. But if you want, just go to the website. There will be dungeons.com. There's a big old form right there. You put in your info, send it, bam, your questions are being answered on the show. Thank you all for your support. That'll do it for us until this same time next month or so. We'll see you then. Be good. Bye now. <laughs>